They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. Submitted for your approval of the Midnight Society, this is the tale of their coming to get you. My name is Brent Trahune, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gavin Eddings. What's going on, Brent? Are you ready to throw some coffee made on a fire and make it go... That's right. I'm ready to... Uh, we're gathered around the fire here in the uh, the sound studio. <laughs> so uh, I want... So, I, so we're going to talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark, but I need to follow up on something that we talked about last week on our RoboCop episode. Mm-hmm. You made a very casual reference to RoboCop. He has to be like alive but not dead, but not fully dead but alive. And you referenced the Metallica song 1. You're mm-hmm. like, it's like Metallica song 1. And I kind of, in my normal Gavin way, was like, yeah, totally, not knowing fully what that meant. In the past week, I went back and read the lyrics to Metallica's 1. Holy mm-hmm. shit, has it always been about that? Yeah, it's based on a song uh, f- called uh, jo- or a, a book called Johnny Get Your Gun, I think is what that's called, where it's basically a, a, somebody comes back from war and no arms, no legs, can't move or whatever, but they're still alive, so they're trapped in their own body. Okay, so that song was in Guitar Hero, a party mm-hmm. game, and I'm yeah. just like, darkness envisioning <laughs> me, nothing I see, absolute horror, and I was like, yeah, this yeah. is fucking, it's a terrifying song, and now yeah. it, it really caused a lot of existentialism to find out what that song was about. Yeah, so, it's about being alive, but God, please kill me. You know? So, good. So that's what the true They're Coming to get, get You episode was about, was me realizing that the Metallica song 1 is actually really scary. So thanks for that. Pure, uh, More scary than, like, uh, Killer Clowns and a, <laughs> a Babysitter Killer and the Devil and a Little Girl is, hey, you might get injured and actually want somebody to kill you, but you can't even ask them to kill you. <laughs> So yeah, really opening with a real positive vibe. So now let's talk about this 1990s Canadian children's TV show that brings the spooks and scares on SNCC. Well, also, can I just say that neither one of us mentioned that RoboCop teamed up or had a match, I don't remember, with Sting from WCW. (laughs) We didn't mention that at all. This is actually RoboCop Part (laughs) 2. This is when we do all the corrections. If we had ads to run, this is where we'd run the ads. But right now, we just got to bullshit about the stuff we forgot in the last episode. We want to thank uh, Stat Guy for pointing that out and uh, letting us know. <laughs> yes, we are talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, and we, we chose, just to clarify for you, de- dear listener, we are talking about the episode. Every episode. Every episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the timestamp? This is 15 hours long, so <laughs> buckle up. It's like listening to an audio book, but dumber. <laughs> By the end of it, you'll be like the guy in Metallica's song one. You'll wish you could die, but nobody will kill you. Kill me. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the tale of the dead man's float, and then the other episode is the tale of Midnight Madness. And I know that I think these are on Paramount Plus, and also if you have my voodoo password, they're on my voodoo as well. <laughs> so for so Brentstreams.com. Yeah, which is I, also and, where you, which is also where you cam girl. I, I yeah, I'm a cam girl on the side. <laughs> I'll show you everything. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and I also, mean everything. And in between, when when you're showing your b-hole on a webcam, you're like, you want to watch some? Are you afraid of the dark to pass the time? That's right. You know, you got to have a hook. You can't all be sexy all the time. You got to give the fellas a break. <laughs> well, they're like, oh, well, I just came, but now, can you put on some Nickelodeon? <laughs> How are we this dirty on a children's show? <laughs> it's what they've come to expect. That's what we're, they want. That's we're we're, we're dirtbags in the most non-problematic way. <laughs> Also, uh, please give us a five-star review on wherever you listen. And if this is your first time listening, I know we we had a big jump in listeners for our uh, Evil Dead Rise episode. We have a full catalog back there. Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Exorcist, Jaws. All those episodes, go back and listen to that catalog and give us a five-star review, please. Please do. We also just got a new five-star review on our Apple podcasting uh, from D 2 Oh. So Crackity2 said, this is one of my new favorite podcasts to listen to and a great way to discover new horror flicks. Since you read requests, I'm reading it right now, would love if you would listen to guys who talk about the French extreme horror films such as Martyrs, Personal Faith, Frontiers, or High Tension. So I have seen High Tension and I've seen Frontiers. Never seen Martyrs because I hear it will destroy you. I've never seen Martyrs either. Maybe we'll do that. It's a never, never before seen episode. Where yeah. neither one of us has seen it. And we're going to watch Mars be like, no, what What have uh, we done? What has happened to us? We're going to watch that and then watch Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> oh, God. Just so human, many. Human Centipede 2. Serbian film. Serbian mm-hmm. film 15. Uh, <laughs> it's a really good series. It's got its own universe now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but Crack a D2, thank you for leaving that five-star review. And we will take into consideration the French extreme wee wee. <laughs> I do believe those are on Shutter right now, so at the time okay. of this recording. Well, so. that makes it so good for so good. He's making it cheap for, us, so we appreciate that. Unless there's a dub, I'm not reading shit. <laughs> you're gonna, so. you're gonna watch. I listen. I will watch anime dubbed. I can't watch dub movies anymore. I watched Shin Godzilla on, mm-hmm. which is a great Godzilla movie. It's from 2016. Highly recommend. And we rented the dubbed one on Amazon. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, this is not what I wanted at all. This is really taking me out of it. Yeah, I I, I, I will read, but uh, not for this podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, let's, let's jump into Are You Afraid of the Dark, Gavin? We chose this. This is kind of both our call. We chose it. We are, we've already done Goosebumps. Yeah. I would say these are kind of comparable, the, you know. And I, back in the day, I don't know, there wasn't like a rival of like, I'm a Sega kid or I'm a Nintendo kid. As far as I know, no kid that I knew was like, I'm a Goosebumps kid or I'm an Are You Afraid of the Dark kid. So how I viewed it was Goosebumps was more, these are both kids shows family friendly. Mm-hmm. But I always felt that Goosebumps was more family or friendlier. I mm-hmm. think that Goosebumps was a little bit more fun, a little campy. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Is like horror for children. I feel like Are You Afraid of the Dark was more aimed at like the the, the teen preteen. Yeah, the, the yeah the tweens, like twelve, thirteen. Some of these episodes are actually very scary, and we'll talk about Dead Man's Float because that's an intense fucking show. Mm-hmm. If you're a child, that was yep. I watched it with Stephanie, and she's like, "This is a lot. This yeah. is, <laughs> this is a bit much." But Are You Afraid of the Dark is a Canadian TV series that ran from 1990 to like 1995. It's had a couple of revivals. And I remember being very scared of this show for one very particular reason. And that is the opening is terrifying. We talked. 
we talk about about goosebumps and like the dog, uh, the same dog from Poltergeist. Like, <laughs> arf, 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 arf. it's very campy. Uh-huh. You got the G flying through the guy with the papers. Are you afraid the dark though? Is like, oh, welcome to the nightmare factory, bitches. Like, come yeah. on in. You're about to be scared by kids telling campfire. You've got the scary rickety boat. You've mm-hmm. got the shutters in the rainstorm. You've got that weird clown slash ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. And then you've got, of course, that icon. You got the swing going, making the chain noises, mm-hmm. where you think uh, one of Brent's favorite movies is coming on, Hellraiser. He's like, oh, these <laughs> chains are here. And Brent wept. <laughs> and then you've got the iconic scene of a hand coming up. Good-looking hand, too. Good-looking mm-hmm. hand. Lighting the match and the... Yep. It's just all shot very blue. This is a terrifying opening. And when you were not prepared to be scared... At 3 a.m. on a Monday afternoon, and you started hearing it, and, and you saw that boat. You're like, "We gotta change the channel. I'm out. I'm out." Yeah. I was actually scared of this show. I was scared of this show, and a lot of times I wouldn't even that. Like, thankfully, the opening is so scary that it scared me away from the rest of the show. You know, and same. Yes. Uh, th- it was like this opening when I was a kid, and also the opening to Tales from the Crypt. And I don't even remember the opening anymore of Tales from the Crypt, but I just know it was supposed to be scary, set in like a mansion leading up to the mm-hmm. mansion. And I just knew I was a kid that this was about to be scary. And this was like, this is where I get off. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not coming back. So Tales from the Crypt didn't scare me, but this scared me. And then there was another opening, and that is the X-Files. The X-Files okay. opening scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And I just remember just being terrified of like UFOs and aliens because all that footage. And there was one time I remember being very early on in like season one of the X Files, 1993. I am six years old, and mm-hmm. I I was normally too scared of like, like the promos for it, like that mm-hmm. you'd see on like after America's Most Wanted, because my parents let me watch America's Most Wanted at like six years old. It's very strange. Oh, yeah. Update. Uh, but- no, that that was Unsolved Mysteries. That's another one. Yeah. Oh God. Mm. They they did an unsolved mysteries revival on Netflix, and mm-hmm. I swear to God, at the end of every episode, I'm pissed because they didn't solve it. I'm like, well, <laughs> what the? Why did I just? It's like it's called unsolved mysteries. You dipshit. Like, of yeah. course it's not solved. He's yet. still out there lurking. Yes. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> but I remember there was one promo for an episode of the X Files in season one, and it didn't scare me. And I was like, well, come on, Dad, let's watch. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm brave. And then the episode was like a pyromancer type guy who's like setting people on fire. And they showed like a charred body. He's like, I'm not brave. I'm not a brave boy. And then I didn't watch it again until like my teens. I tried to get into X-Files a few times and I just have it. And even though like I'm into alien stuff, this is a show that I should like. And I just haven't stuck with it for for whatever reason. Stephanie loves X Files. Like it's one of her favorite things in the entire world. And I've got I, I try to like watch it, but I was like for some reason I just can't get into it. She shows me like the really good episodes, like the standalones, and mm-hmm. those are fun. But when I get into like the black oil and like the the big conspiracy, I'm like, I don't know where this begins and where it ends. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying enough attention to, to connect all the dots. I've got all the red yarn running to the green yard on the y, on the the wall and I got all the pictures and and there was a second shooter in the grassy knoll. And, but I, I will say another uh, TV intro that scared me was this show uh, called Full House. <laughs> 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 
Just something about a big orange bridge that really <laughs> terrifies me. What you don't see is when they show the Golden Gate Bridge and they're all driving over there in the car, you can see a jumper in the background. You That's can... true. That that would be like an urban legend that went around school. Did you see the jumper on the beginning credits? A full house? <laughs> Man, those 90s shows fucking love bass lines. They just fucking ate it up. And they love doing something and then turn around and facing the camera. Everywhere. You look everywhere. There's a heart. Hold on to Jaleel White as Steve Urkel. <laughs> oh, so off track, but I love it. I love it yeah. so much. But I'm really sorry that the Golden Gate Bridge scares you to this day because hey. of Full House. Well, and that that music you mentioned was actually uh, written in an airport. Uh, Jeff Zahn was waiting for his plane to arrive at the airport in Montreal when he just started to sing the theme. I just thought about the series about mystery, hauntings, scary stuff, supernatural stuff, uh, thrillers, and kids, and it came to me. Are you still talking about Full House? Yes. (laughs) 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 I said, I didn't have music paper, uh, so I scribbled out notes on a napkin. I really liked it and kept singing it. And when I played it on the piano, the important uh, counter melody came to me which I used to as an introduction and for linking the material came together very quickly and easily. Unlike a lot of other themes I've done. So that's a guy named Jeff Zahn who wrote that theme. So we can thank him for all the nightmares. I like that. He has wrote that music down. I was like, well, I had to play it on piano. But it's like, all he wrote down was like spooky noises. Like, uh, like swing, swing, swinging without anybody on it. <laughs> merry go round. We gotta hit the we gotta hit the big scary things here. A rickety boat, a swing swinging, an attic that is very scary, and some shutters in the rain. And Was it that, like a? It's not a bassinet. What's like that uh, thing you put a baby in, like a stro- like an empty stroller, but like the Victorian stroller. I think it's just That's a Victorian creepy. stroller. I don't know. All that shit's creepy, and it's like uh, we're lucky to make it past the the intro, pretty much. Yeah, and what's cool about Are You Afraid of the Dark was you had, like, the stories, which mm-hmm. were uh, the ones we're covering, uh, Tale of the Midnight Madness and Dead Man's Float. We'll do Midnight Madness first, because that's, like, early season, like, two, and then Dead Man's Float is, like, season five. Mm-hmm. And you can really see how they really escalate, like, well, we can do whatever the fuck we want on this kid's show, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there, there is a stark difference between the two episodes. One's, like, fun, one's, like, this is fucking scary. Yeah. Uh, but... Are you afraid of the dark? You have the main story, but, but you have like the cast of kids in the midnight society. So you have like this cast of kids. Uh, the one kid who is there, like the, Gary is his name, the kid with the glasses. Yeah. And he's like the guy. He's like the one recruiting all these kids, I feel. He is, uh, would be on a list now. Like, hey, kids, you want to come out to the woods and <laughs> tell? I'll tell you a story. Uh, but yeah, that kid, and I feel like he was around for a lot of the seasons. Like uh, he was kind of the main constant guy that was always recruiting. There was like a guy on that show, all that, that sketch show. Yeah. Also on Snick where I'm like, that guy's been a cast member for a long time. You know, I think you're thinking about Keenan Thompson and Keenan Thompson is now the longest tenured SNL cast member of all time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not thinking about Keenan, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it I know you're a, not. It was a white guy named Josh, I believe, who was, that's who it was. <laughs> you're, just, you're just waiting the whole time. You're like, is he, is he ever going to leave? Is he going to leave? <laughs> he should, 
But Are You Afraid of the Dark was really part of like the golden era of Nickelodeon as well, like that mid, early to mid 90s, part of the SNCC stuff. You had the All That, you had Rugrats, you had all the kids shows, and then you had like the horror thing of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and you had the kids telling the ghost stories, which made it a little bit more approachable because you couldn't make mm-hmm. them too scary that a kid would not tell them, which is also unrealistic because growing up, I remember like kids at like school and sleepovers telling the most fucked up stories I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh yeah, you're always trying to like one up the other kids as uh, as like as far as horror goes. You're trying to be the scariest or the most goriest. And uh, you know, some of these stories are scarier than what we told back in the day. Yeah. But uh yeah, these were were scary and it's also lends itself to like that stranger things thing of like Oh, there's a group of kids that they do this stuff, and I would I think it would be fun for me and my friends to do this stuff too, you know? Yeah, 100%. You definitely feel that sense of friendship with the Midnight Society. Mm-hmm. I do want an episode, though, where they invite like an outsider, and he just, and, and this kind of happens in the, dead, in the Dead Man's Float, but I just, they invite like some wild card who's like, here's the tale of the haunted abortions, and they're like, oh no. <laughs> We can't invite him back. That's too much. That's too much. That kid in the dead man's float, he looked like he would have pulled out a switchblade. <laughs> He's like, oh, what you doing? Oh. It's like a kid that always had like a, the, there was always a kid back in the day that just was like, oh, if you need a knife, you go to that kid because somehow <laughs> his stepdad would just get drunk and leave a knife around or whatever. Before he told his mom, it's his stepdad's knife, by the way, and uh-huh. it, he, he'd always get drunk before telling his mom to come back to the sack. <laughs> <laughs> what was what is that? A Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street. Street. Come back to the sack. Stop trying to cancel your child. <laughs> I saw your fucking runt sneaking outside again to go to the woods and tell the spook stories. What are you doing? Well, and as you you mentioned before, what they threw on the uh, the fire was midnight dust. Air quotes midnight dust, or it was just coffee creamer, like coffee mate. They just throw that on the fire. I wonder if that makes it flame up. I think it does. There was a commercial called, or there was a thing called the Orange Years. Um, There's a thing called the Orange Years uh, documentary on Hulu, and they were like being real secretive about it. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of just went to the cough there, and then like we won't tell you. And other people were like, it's coffee mate, man. Like it's just coffee <laughs> mate. It's creamer. And also one of the things I found on my research about this show in general is you never see any of the kids light the fire. It's mm-hmm. always going because the Nickelodeon executive didn't want uh, to show kids starting a fire because wouldn't you know it, kids might go start a fire. <laughs> start a fire, my friends. Yeah, and I don't know really. I think they only showed like one episode. I think one of the ones we watched, they actually showed the start of the fire. And it was like one of the only ones they ever did it in. So Yeah, I don't. I, and I'd have to watch more. Uh, and I, I actually <laughs> bought whatever the collection on voodoo when it, before it was on any streaming thing, that's a sure way for anything to hit streaming is if I purchase it (laughs) physical media or on digital. And they're like, Oh, by the way, that thing you just bought, it's for free over here. Yeah. I really, I remember one, every time my dad would see me watching it, He'd show them at the end because they tell their story and then they, uh, like pour the, the bucket of water on there. Mm -hmm. And my dad would always say, they're not stirring the ashes and redunking it. They're gonna set the forest on fire. That's I was in Boy Scouts. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed yeah. to stir it and uh, put your hand over it, not in it, to feel the heat. 
Well, fucking Gary is not a Boy Scout, okay? He's just the adult who's hanging out with these teens. Hey, kids. Uh, also, they, they start off with submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. That submitted for the approval is a little uh, shout-out to the Twilight Zone. Rod Serling would say, submitted for your approval. So, which we should do the Twilight Zone here sometime too, soon, too. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would be down for that. I love me some old Twilight Zone episodes. Mm-hmm. I do. But I did not know that about the the Twilight Zone. Are you afraid of the dark? Uh, are you afraid of the dark connection? I would. I want to see an episode where they go submitted for the approval, and at the end they go, "Nope, nah, don't approve. Don't nope. like it. Don't like it." Let, we're actually uh, this is blood in and blood out. <laughs> and we're gonna beat the shit out of you because your story sucked. You either beat in or you sexed in. So what's it gonna be? Mm. Uh, this show was created by uh, a guy named DJ McHale. And a guy named uh, Ned Candle, as far as I know how to say that. <laughs> um, do you want to jump into our first episode? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the tale of Midnight Madness. Now, this is one that you actually wanted to do. This is one that you said you're like, I want to watch the one where the people from the te- from the movies come to life. And I was like, whatever, Brent, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a lot of fun. I love this. I love that they. The, the the setup is the kids show up to the Midnight Society and they're like, we got to get through this so we can go see like a triple feature horror movie fest mm-hmm. uh, with the gory stuff. So immediately these kids are like, can we get through your dumbass story so we can go <laughs> do something better? Yeah, well, let, let's uh, like you got nobody's making you show up into the woods and tell stories. You don't have to be here. I can never tell what time of day it's supposed to be either. Well, that's the beauty of shooting on a soundstage, Gavin, because <laughs> what I read is they'd shoot all all the wraparounds, is what I'll call them, is the Midnight Society stuff in one to two weeks. Mm-hmm. They'd shoot that, and then they wouldn't shoot again for a year. They shot all the episodes, and uh, and then they would come back. And the, the other thing that I noticed about this show is pretty diverse cast of the Midnight Society. Yeah, like, well, which is very cool to see. And this is like 1990 when this is going mm-hmm. on. And uh, that uh, DJ McHale, he said, I write about kids who find themselves in challenging situations ultimately, and ultimately solve the problems themselves, no matter their sex, race, or age. We wanted to depict a wide variety of stories, characters, and situations. It was all about diversity. And the show actually won in 96 an NAACP Image Award, uh, or was uh, was nominated, rather. And the show had uh, seen uh, was like helping a generation of feminist horror fans. Which no, thank you, no, thank you. No, I'm just <laughs> women don't. Women aren't scary. <laughs> but it's like you know, like we've talked about on this show before, is seeing yourself on screen. Then it kind of makes you think, hey, I can do things too, you know? Yeah, it really makes you. You're like, I too can go in the woods and start mm-hmm. unsafe fires and tell stories That's with true. my friends. Only I would love Smokey the Bear to show up at the end of one of these episodes and be like, what are you kids doing? How many times do I got to tell you kids? How do I get through to these kids? <laughs> he's just a he's just a, a, a fire preventing bear in the inner city school. How do I get through? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> and then McGruff the crime dog shows up and he's like, let me show you what you're doing wrong, partner. And uh, put your hand in my trench coat. Oh no, McGruff's a sex criminal. 
But yeah, the tale of the Midnight Madness, they're at a, and then an old movie theater, not the big megaplex that no. you and I go to. Have you been do you have one of these small town theaters around your where you live, Gavin? Oh, we have uh we have what's called the Victory Theater. It's more of a performance space, but they have shown like that's where the Philharmonic plays sometimes. Mm-hmm. They have shown like they did a Philharmonic accompaniment of Raiders of the Lost Ark, so that was mm-hmm. really cool I saw. Um, and then we used to have like a $2 holla theater, which was like the second run theater. And they used to show really cool horror movies around, um, Halloween. Like they, they would show Halloween, like Friday the 13th, all the classics for like Mm -hmm. cheap. Um, now it's apartments. So that's depressing. Um, but we don't really have like a really old theater, but we do have one that that they're constantly trying to like save and redo called the Alhambra. Oh, I've done plenty of shows where they're like. Yeah, we got to get some money in here because they're, they're trying to revive the theater or whatever, you know, and it's it's like a hodgepodge of they do movies and music and comedy and and burlesque and whatever that little town <laughs> wants is like, yeah, we'll do whatever. Just please come out and support. Have you done the Fowler Theater in Fowler, Indiana? No, I haven't. I did that one. I did it with, I think, Jerry Goble, like a while. Like, this was like oh, yeah. six years ago. But what was funny was the, our show started at 11 p.m., which is a late Ooh. start for a comedy show. Yep. But we had to start so late because they had to do uh, uh, they had to do the last showing of the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Mm-hmm. So it was so cool to like be ready for a comedy show and see, like, oh, man, look at all these people here. And like they're here for Baby Groot. Uh, and then yeah. they all just left, and then I was, I was left performing for like seventeen people in a in a theater that where they would much rather be watching Guardians of the Galaxy again. You just up on stage like, but I am Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> I am. It's me, y'all. Yeah. He may be a he may be your father, but he ain't your daddy. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I I do love those small theaters where it's there's one by my house, and they'll they have like a weekly schedule of what they play, and they'll. They'll, I've, I've been to it a couple times where they play the national anthem before the movie starts and everybody stands up and I'm like, I guess I got to stand up because everybody else is standing up. Are they a mission barbecue at noon? Who do they no. think they are? And then they play uh, a cartoon, like a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoon like they used to back in the day and then they play the feature. So I've seen uh, Friday the 13th one and 35 millimeter, and then the ghost uh, and Mr. Chicken. I was so they hoping, play those types of old movies. I was hoping like they they play a Warner Brothers cartoon, and then they show the stag films, and then we all just yeah. start jerking it. Yeah, they play Porky's. <laughs> when he when when she tugs on his hog through the peephole, I was like, that's <laughs> the good shit. They don't make them like this no yeah. more. Yeah, <laughs> what whatever happened to that? <laughs> but that, they've got the old theater and nobody's coming to these movies gavin nobody except, the one lady except one lady who fucking hates it she's like uh yeah. not good and th- it's just three employees it's like the the skeezy manager and the two teens who are clearly going to fall in love or at least the guy likes the girl but she's just kind of like no he's like they get off work he's like do you want to get something to eat she's like i've got homework like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get it. You, but you know, eventually they're gonna reach for the same Reese's cup, <laughs> and their hands touch, and it's on. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you are left Twix, and I am right Twix." <laughs> 
and I'd love to be twixt. No, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what? Be betwixt. <laughs> I want to be betwixt. Guys who, everybody listening to the podcast, if you could make the term, I want to be betwixt, uh, <laughs> the next Gen Z lingo, we'd greatly appreciate being tied to that. Uh, but yeah, this this theater manager, we see him later in this episode and could not look more like a used car salesman. <laughs> it looks like Danny DeVito and Matilda. Like... <laughs> Just with the big collar popped, and he's just a, an overall just piece of shit, and like <laughs> drinking on the job. But I also, if nobody was coming to the theater, what what does it matter if I'm drunk? Nobody's showing up, you know. <laughs> also, he's not taking tickets or anything. I guess he's maybe running the projection booth, but but the two kids are doing all the work. They're serving the popcorn. They made six whole dollars that one night. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. not going to be enough to no. keep this place open. No, and then you know, so they're they're trying to figure out ways to to revive this theater and they they get it down from the owners that they got to close the theater in two weeks i think it was right yes they're going to close the theater in two weeks unless they can turn things around and that's where who i like to describe you have dr vink va va vink you mean fink fink vink va va vink (laughs) and i called him i was like ah here's canadian hagrid here he is yeah you're you're a you're a projectionist airy (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, listen, I'll give you one film, one film. You show it once, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. Show it once. And they're like, no, no, we're not, we're not going to do this. Uh, we're not going to show it. And then they, I don't know how they say a business showing public domain westerns. Like, that is not a sustainable business model. Even the old lady is like, I was there when these were made. I don't like <laughs> them anymore. That's me right there on screen. <laughs> It, yeah, it's not going to hurt you to also show Back to the Future while the Megaplex is showing Back to the Future. Yeah, the girl even says, like, I applied it at one of the Megaplex, at, at the whatever, and he's like, that, that's a Megaplex! And she, like, it's some sort of, like, there's nothing wrong with a Megaplex. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like, you can have your, your regular rinky-dink, like, historic theater, but also, like, you gotta go see Transformers somewhere, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody, no, like, nobody's going... To the theater because it's the Megaplex. They're going because they want to see Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> that the ad, it's the added bonus of there's a movie playing, but also we get to go to this like historic old theater, you know. Yeah. But Doc Doctor Vink, uh, I I'm not seeing all the uh, Are You Afraid of the Darks, but he's like a recurring character in this series because I saw him on this episode. I'm like, I feel like this guy's in a bunch of episodes, and he is. He's in. Uh, a few of them, and uh, kind of the gimmick is somebody will call him a, uh, he's a, what do they say, a nutbag? Yeah. He's a nutbag, and he's like, I'm not a nutbag. It's like you call, uh, 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 what's his face in Back to the Future, a chicken, and he's like, I'm not a chicken. <laughs> and he's like, I'll show you how much of a nutbag I'm not. I'm going to haunt your theater with these creepy movies. With my yellow ass teeth. <laughs> So one night they're showing a movie and it's the reel just breaks down. They have no choice. Everybody's getting ready to get up and like leave and they're like, "Please stay. Please stay for this movie." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is the most desperate attempt to get people to say like, "Even if you don't like it or if you do like it, we'll still refund you." Yeah. And they're we'll like, "Pay well, you to be here." They're like, "Well, I guess we we'll, I guess we got nothing better to do." And then they show a very like it's Nosferatu, but not Nosferatu. It's supposed Nosferatu. to be Nosferatu. 
And you see these people just freaking out, just being so terrified of this silent movie. And even the old lady who's just a real crotchety bitch, mm-hmm. she's like, we'll show more like this and I'll be here more often. It's like, you're here all the time anyway, ma'am. Like, you can't come any more than you already <laughs> are, ma'am. And they're good. They're very excited. One of my favorite lines, though, is uh, the manager is like, uh, uh, Dr. Vink says, I'll show this movie one time for you. And then once it turns your business around, I just want one night a week to show my movies. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, can we give you some money? He's like, I don't want your popcorn money, which is a very <laughs> – which concessions are it's pretty good money at a, at a theater. Like, that's where they make their money. Yeah, that's what I would think is that, you know, I I will buy popcorn because I don't go to the theater often, so it's like an occasion. And there's, there's something about movie popcorn versus at-home popcorn. Oh, 100%, yes. And even though like a combo for a medium popcorn and two drinks is $16, it feels worth it at the theater for some reason. Yeah, and then I eat it before the previews are over, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to get through Cars 3 with, with, with my tummy hurting like this? Oh, I'm about to vomit. <laughs> Doc, Dr. Vink, he, he played a, in the series a retired filmmaker, as we see in this one. Uh uh, a scientist living deep in the woods with experiments. He owned his own restaurant as head chef, and he owned a barber shop. And also, this guy, his name is uh, Aaron Tager. He was also in Goosebumps, Gavin, because I kn- I was like, I've seen this guy in a Goosebumps episode. It was the one uh, called Piano Lessons Can Be Murder, and he played Dr. Shriek. Uh, the the girl's playing piano, and he's like, "I must have your hands." I remember he's, that. He's that guy. Wow. Mm. Also, big ups for Goosebumps for for casually dropping the word murder in the title of a of a kids book. Do you, uh, uh, do you think I asked producer wife this? Why why do you think I would say Goosebumps is like a bigger property? Probably right. Yes. Like, do you think it was because like the it's 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 a lot of stuff. It's a show. It's movies. It's books. And like, Are You Afraid of the Dark was just kind of a TV show, right? Like, yeah, I think Goosebumps was definitely a multimedia property. Mm-hmm. You had the books that led to the TV show, that led to the movies, that led to like uh, just all kinds of fun stuff that led to like shirts and stuff. And mm-hmm. Are You Afraid of the Dark is kind of like the hipsters' Goosebumps. Like, oh, you watch Goosebumps? I watch real horror for seven-year-olds. Have you ever seen Martyrs? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, commenter. (laughs) I do want to see Martyrs, so. Submitted for the approval by the Midnight Society. This is high tension. (laughs) (laughs) This is uh, Human Centipede 2 full sequence. God, you keep going back to full sequence. Have you seen that? I have seen it. Yes, have you seen it? Yeah, you don't you don't have to see it again. You can it's see so, it the one it, time. It's so gross they put it in black and white. That's how gross it was. Like we can't show this in color. There's we too can't much show brown it. and red in here. <laughs> <laughs> too much brown. <laughs> that's what that's what I say on laundry day. Too much brown. Mm-hmm. Too much brown. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to this children's show. Um uh, so they 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 love Nosferatu. They they love mm-hmm. it. The crowds are coming back because they hear about you hear about the old movie that they're playing. The 19- silent movie, black and white. Like you guys hear about the silent movie. This movie. <laughs> I guess the way to save the theater is to just show Nosferatu a bunch. 
They're like, what is highest grossing movie this year? Jurassic Park? No. Super Mario Brothers movie? No. Not Nosferatu that this guy brought us. <laughs> have you seen the, the original Nosferatu? I have not. I've seen the gist of it, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never seen, like, I've never sat down and watched all of Nosferatu. Have you? Yeah, I had an event last year in my backyard, and it was held just for me. Okay. I have a I have a projector mm-hmm. that I like to I like to put up the sheet, uh, hang it up, and watch it. And I watched that on the projector uh, outside, and it was I think it was uh, a version that had music set to it. Okay. It was on like one of those. It'd be like fifty horror classics, and like three are good, and it, you know one's. Uh, Nightmare, uh, Night of the Living Dead, and the other is Nosferatu. You know, <laughs> it's like the two public domain movies that that are good. Yeah, so I watched it that way, and it is just because it's like black and white, but also I think his name's Max Shrek, who played the vampire. The anytime there's like a Nosferatu style vampire, which is also in like Salem's Lot, mm-hmm. where it's like a pale, it's not handsome, it's pale, the teeth are fucked up. It's it's the scariest version of a, a vampire. I oh think. yeah, but so yeah, they did a good job with, with this makeup too. Of he's he's not a, he's like has an egg head, mm-hmm. and I like is shaped like an egg, and his teeth are all messed up. And yeah, it's it's a, an effective vampire. And uh, one thing that Professor Doctor Vink says is, and in this one, the vampire wins. Which way to spoil the movie before anybody mm-hmm. watches it? And that's yep. what happens. These people just keep coming back in droves to watch this 1920s black and white movie. Like, we can't get enough of this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dr. Vink comes back and he says, you guys said I could have this a week. And uh, the, the manager's like, no, well, I take what back what I said. Actually, what I meant was we, mm-hmm. we get the big pictures in here now. We're going to show Wizard of Oz probably. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're going to show all the big pictures. And he's like, all right, then. Then you'll know uh, you're you're all doomed, basically. Mm-hmm. And then he has crazy the pa- Ralph showing up. He has the power to like make the vampire come out of the screen mm-hmm. and start attacking uh, the the boy worker. Yeah, it's like this. This is all in one location, shot mm-hmm. cheaply. You know, they're in the theater, and he's kind of he floats. Yeah, it's like they've got him on some kind of dolly, and that's always. When you can't tell that somebody's walking, but they're coming towards you, that's always scary, I think. I think there's a scene in Psycho where, where they do that, too, where somebody's like on a dolly or something, and they got, I can't remember what, what what movie it is. It's like an older black and white film. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, you have the, the, the chasing, and this actually has some pretty okay special effects for like a cheaply made tv show like yeah, but- you you've got him coming out of the screen which doesn't look bad and then you have the scene where um the kid whose name i can't remember uh he actually goes into the screen yep. to um in you using the tiktok take on me filter mm-hmm. where he goes into the screen and then fights the vampire and it's like it's like a good cute little fight yeah, and that's uh, he pulls the sorry for the spoiler alert of a hundred year old movie, <laughs> but that's how they kill the vampire in, in Nosferatu is they pull the curtains back, and uh, you know he grabs his chest and then he he's dead. But yeah, that's how they get the vampire. You'd think uh, this vampire that's just been alive for hundreds of years would just board up the windows, <laughs> but you know maybe he wants to hear the birds or see the birds every once in a while, but just be a, kind of a, away from it. 
He's like, just because I'm a vampire doesn't mean I don't appreciate a good view. <laughs> Ooh, yes, quite. Quite, quite, yes. I like to st- like to sit next to the sun, not in front of it, but near yeah. it just to feel alive. Hey, mm. as a ginger, I can relate. I get it. <laughs> so what I like to do when we hang out is I just, uh, I go, hey, Brent, come here. Then I pull back the curtains real fast and you start smoking. It's really cute. Yeah! And my <laughs> Kentucky Derby floppy hat falls off. And <laughs> it's pure chaos. After that's why you'd have to do a that's why you had to be a comedian and do a career that took place at night because you're like I can't be out in the daytime. But so, yet somehow I'm under the the bright lights like I'm fries at McDonald's. <laughs> but it's not one night they they just like re- replace it with UV lights and you're like no no yeah. this is too much. I want to go to Planet Fitness and like be like let me get like, one time I was there at the gym that was just the one time. When I watch Midsummer, uh, <laughs> I was like, "God damn, you talking uh, about is it the gym podcast now?" Let but, me guess, we were on the stairmaster for two hours. I went there once, and I've gotten a lot out of it. But uh, <laughs> my new hour called me at Planet Fitness. They had the those massage chairs, and if you're a, a, a black card member, which I am, I'm part <laughs> of the elite. I said, I was like, "Let me. Get, I want you have to get a token to get in the massage chair." And the guy thought I said. Uh, the tanning bed. <laughs> I was like, no, I'll die if I go in there. I want the massage chair. I just imagine you in the tanning bed just immediately just start cooking like bacon and they have to like spatula you out. Like, get the Planet Fitness spatula. I'm melting. Uh, did that massage chair give you a happy ending at the Planet Fitness? Uh, well, there was a happy ending, but I won't say who gave it to me. <laughs> it, it was me. <laughs> Sir, please stop it on the chair. I'm a can, black card member. Yeah, Can we wipe down all the equipment and all the chairs, please, after every use? Um, but overall, I like this episode. Um, I really like, uh, I wrote a quote where... The uh, the guy clearly wants to get with that girl, and they kind of form some chemistry as it goes on. Mm-hmm. But my favorite thing is when the, they, they like hug because they're doing well financially. And he's like, mm-hmm. let's hug again. And she's like, all right, let's not. Yeah. Let's, come let's on, just, nerd. Come on, nerd. Which at the a... end, go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. At the end, they, they defeat the vampire. He comes out of the screen, and then all of a sudden, Dr. Vink is right there. And he... Somehow bought the theater. He bought it. That it must be. It, he must be making a killing going to local independent movie houses and giving them the rights to Nosferatu. Well, it's like the, the, Like you, I think you had twenty four minutes for this episode. You got the opening credits. You got the end credits. You got the Midnight Society stuff. So this show doesn't really leave you a lot of stuff. Yeah, like you got to get to it. So with this, it's like the the creature comes out, but there's no real explanation. Yeah. If this was a feature, they would have found out, oh, there's something with the film that l- allows him to come out. But I also, I just need the vampire to get out. Again, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to know why Godzilla's attacking. I just kind of need you to get to Godzilla. You know what I'm saying? No, I get that. And that's what I was kind of waiting for. I was like, the, 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 the film is cursed. But it's like, no, he's just out here. We, we beat him. And now Dr. Vink is buying the theater to show his movies every night of the week. Does that imply that every night is just going to be like a massacre of moviegoers with Maybe, like different movies? What a way to like kill your audience literally is, yeah. is like, yeah, I've killed everybody. All our regulars are dead. 
And do like the do do the two kids have to like get new jobs at the multiplex? Or he's like, I bought the place, but you're still on staff. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. <laughs> oh no, this one's called the Hotel California. I am the Maitre D at the Hotel California. <laughs> But yeah, I, I like that episode for sure. And I, if you know, if you're the right age, that vampire is going to scare you. Oh, for sure. And then you have the the uh, to really cap it all off. The two kids who are like, can't wait to go go to the Gore Theater and see the Gore. And they're like, I don't want to go anymore. And they give their two passes, like Gary and the other kid. And then uh, so they that they swindled the other people out of their tickets. So it, everybody wins. Yep, except for the kids that got scared and don't have tickets anymore. <laughs> then they, uh, then then you dump the bucket of water, and then the episode's over. Overall, I'm glad you picked that one. That was a fun, classic episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark that really laid out what it was about, taking old public domain horror movies mm-hmm. and really kind of repurposing them for a younger audience and introducing kids to like Nosferatu. I'm probably sure this was my first introduction to Nosferatu because this episode seemed vaguely familiar to having seen it before. And that was the thing that that uh, one of the creators, DJ McHale, said is like they they wanted as at first the show was supposed to be all about fairy tales, but they the executives I guess didn't didn't want it all about fairy tales. So then he kind of switched to public domain stuff or borrowing heavily. Like there's one based on the monkey's paw, mm-hmm. which aired right. It was like on my version of this show, it aired right after Dead Man's Float. Okay. And it was. It was. You know, if you've read the story or know anything about a monkey's paw, you've seen the Treehouse of Horror episode. Is you don't wish anything on the monkey's paw because shit goes bad. Yeah, there's a thing that I see on the internet all the time where they say, "I wish this, this would happen." And it's like monkey's paw curls, <laughs> and the, and the Simpsons did it as well. So that's a and I there was an episode of that in uh, the monkey's paw. They did an episode of Ford in like the seventh season of. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, mm-hmm. which is like the weirdly all British season of Tales oh, okay. from the Crypt, where they're like, yes, oh, quite fancy, quite quite yes. I'd like to, I'd like to wish for a crumpet, monkey's yeah. paw curls, Governor. Oh, you want me to sweep your chimney, Mum? <laughs> oh no, the monkey's paw is sweeping chimney now. <laughs> that gotta is go watch. Impre- gotta go to Wembley watch the Man City play. <laughs> We, we're going to have one international listener from the UK being like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit, my friends. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what fucking accent that was, but it was not British. And I am sorry to all of our friends in uh, London. Congrats on your new king. I don't always wish on a monkey's paw, but when I do, it's <laughs> dosa keys. That's what it sounds like. like <laughs> Yo, Kiro, monkey paw? It's dos monkeys. <laughs> uh, uh, real quick, before we get into the dead man's float, I'm looking at I am debu, mm-hmm. uh, as That's how I pronounce it. I pronounce it with, with a hard debu. Yeah. Um, uh, Gary, played by Ross Hall, was in 68 episodes, just one away from the sex number, which is disappointing. Nice. <laughs> he, he almost, nope, can't say nice because he was 68. <laughs> he was one away. Um, and then, uh, also it looks like, uh, Elisa, uh, Alicia Cuthbert, who was in like House of Wax, she was in, um, Girl Next Door, and as, uh, Kim Bauer on 24, she was in 27 episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's a lot. Yeah, as one of the Midnight Society kids. Also, in the one we're about to talk about, Jay Baruchel, 
Baruchel, one of Seth Rogen's friends, he's one of the Midnight Society kids. Well, and one of my Googles uh, I had for celebrities and Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because a lot of these are kids actors. Uh, Ryan Gosling was in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Gilbert Gottfried was in it. Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, Elisha Cuthbert. Yeah. No, that's uh, what that's not her name. Elisha. What is how do you say her name? I think I think I think it is Elisha Cuthbert. I have a slight stutter and lisp, so I'm like, oh, her name fucks with my mouth. I don't like it. Hayden Christensen. uh, Rachel Blanchard. Daniel DeSanto. I don't know him, but he looks like he's part of the Midnight Society. Mm -hmm. Nev Campbell. I remember her. And she's in The Tale of the Dangerous Soup, which also features uh, the guy who played Dr. Vink, Emily Van Camp, uh, Tia and Tamara Maui. Ma- Maori, sorry. Maori. Maui. Sister, no, sister. Sister, sister. Uh, Aaron Ashmore, uh, Joanna Garcia Swisher, uh, Vanessa Lingies. Now, I don't know some of these. Ryan Cooley. <laughs> Uh, all right, folks. He's going to name the entire cast. Uh, Jay uh, Baruchel. That yeah. you just said that one. <laughs> yeah. Um. I Gilbert Godfrey. I know that he was probably like in one of the main stories, but just imagine. I'm here for the Midnight Society. I can't do a Gilbert Godfrey, and I shouldn't. We have, tried. have to whisper. <laughs> Be very quiet. There are monsters in these woods. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> much better than me. Much better. <laughs> All right, so let's go. Be to- quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Silence. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I'm trying to tell. Him I'm Gary, and I'm trying to tell him. Why did you okay. invite your uncle Gilbert to Sorry. the fucking kids meeting? Why is he here? Go ahead. Sorry. Are you going to Gilbert me? No, go ahead. I won't do any more. I promise. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm so, this is what it's like to be in like a bad relationship. Like, I'm just, uh, I hope he doesn't do the Gilbert voice again. No, seriously. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be, I'm really fucking scared. I know you're not going to, but I, but I keep looking at you on the Zoom meeting and you're like, I see you just winding up with like just taking a big deep breath for Gilbert voice. Okay. Um, this is season five, episode one. Tale I'm not the- gaslighting <laughs> you. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was coming. I like- told you, gaslighting's not real. <laughs> okay, I'm done for real. Okay, <laughs> we're doing episode five. <laughs> uh, we're doing season five, episode one, the tale of the dead man's float. One of the highest rated episodes, if not the highest rated episode, on. I am Debu, and this is on several lists where we watched the scariest episode of all of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and I will say it is pretty damn scary. And it's like the simplicity of this creature monster. It's just a guy in like a wetsuit with wet, drippy skull mask. Yeah, it's it's scary. It's like a creature from The Thing. Or maybe John Carpenter's The Fog. He looks like he could be one of the ghost pirates. Yeah, he looks like from The Fog, and they, like, the crux of this episode is also kind of poltergeist, where they're like, they when they built the high school, they moved the cemetery, but they must have not gotten one of the bodies. 
Yeah, and I forgot. I, I was half paying attention. I didn't hear that. I heard that line, but did not connect. Because mm. one of my notes was, where this where this guy from? What's going yeah, they on? Didn't, yeah, I guess they must have not gotten all of them. Yeah. So uh, this episode opens like they all do. Um, there's a new... <laughs> There's a new potential member of the Midnight Society named Stig, and they really bring them to the meeting with like a bag over their heads so they can't like track down where they are. And that's a little, yeah. that's that's a bit extreme. To, yeah, to, that's like you're trying to join uh, an extreme society. You know? <laughs> yeah, like tag them and bag them, like put them on. You can't see where, it, like, the, he just got taken, and Liam Neeson is actively yeah. looking for him. The tale of eyes wide shut. <laughs> uh, so this kid's name is Stig, and my notes are, we fucking hate this new kid. Like, he shows up like, oh, you brought Stig? He fucking sucks. Get out of here, Stig. And he's like, well, I got a story for you. He's like, fuck you, Stig. We don't want you here. We came to the woods to beat the shit out of you. Yeah, we didn't want you. To, we, we got all these. It's like at the end of Halloween Kills. <laughs> when they lure Michael into the street and they beat him with an iron. <laughs> like they got this kid out to the woods so they can beat him up and take his trapper keeper. Or it's like when the band kids beat up Corey. <laughs> like the, yeah. the toughest band kids hey ever. Hey kid, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to drum line on your fucking face. <laughs> yeah, but uh, th- this new kid, uh, he's new, new blood. I could not see. I, I couldn't think what they were calling. I thought they were calling him Stink at first, but I guess it's Stig. I also thought it was Sting, uh, which maybe yeah. Tony Schiavone. It's Sting! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. And then RoboCop came out and they fought together. <laughs> um, but he's like, I got the tail of the. He's like, I got a story for you. Okay, let me tell this story. Mm-hmm. And it's the tail of the dead man's float, and it's basically about uh, they find a. You've got this main kid named Zeke. Who immediately is a f- loser, ass loser, because he likes science, you know, like a bitch would. Yeah, he's trying to, what do he make a volcano or something? But he had the calculations wrong and it exploded. But I don't know how a science teacher's letting you have all these chemicals. To, I, I don't know how a, a good teacher would let you have access to these chemicals. To then maybe blow somebody up. This is pre-9-11, so you could do things back then. That's true. You couldn't say, this is pre-9-11, pre-Breaking uh, Bad. <laughs> um, yes. So you have him do this, and like you've got the main girl, um, Clarice, um, where she's like, I like Lost Puppies. He's kind of cute. And you're like, he likes science too much, like a loser. Mm-hmm. He's like and, a smart, dumb puppy. <laughs> what a what a, what a a loser. He likes getting good grades and has a future. We <laughs> hate him. Um, my favorite thing was he blows up the school, or he, he blows up with the... The, the, the chemicals, and then he like asks for Clarice after. He's like, hey, can I show you something after school? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I have some in practice. He's like, okay, well, I'll meet you before school. She's like, whatever. Um, my favorite scene is when the janitor walks in, like just so, like this is not the first time Zeke has blown something up and has to like be mopped up because that's a, the look of a broken janitor. This goddamn kid's always making messes. I got, uh, I, I'm going through sawdust left and right over here. I actually skipped. I actually skipped because there is a yep. cold open. There, There's a cold mm-hmm. open. I forgot. I, I, I went to my, my notes of Zeke's a loser. Um, you have the scene where 
It's Friday the 13th, basically. Those two can't, they were making love while that young boy drowned. In the school pool. Um, yeah, we get, we get a kid and his girlfriend and uh, the girlfriend's brother swimming, and then they go into the next room to start necking. <laughs> yeah. That... And then the entity gets him. Yeah, you got that TV Y7 slow, slight kiss, maybe a little nuzzle on the neck. And then uh, they go, what's what's that smell? And this is also called the tale of the dookie in the pool. <laughs> where somebody pooped in the pool. But you've got, this is where you can tell where the growth of the show went. Cause, so this is 1995. The other episode was like 1992. The first episode we watched, really fun, vampire comes out, no, no, nobody gets hurt. This episode, like, we're going to drown a kid. Mm -hmm. A kid's going to drown on camera, basically, and we're going to have to deal with the trauma of that for 24 minutes. We're going to have sex, and we're going to, you know, slight, not even sex, but like, here's as much sex as we can give you on this show. Yeah. Uh, which is funny later on because they, they make Zeke wear, wear a t-shirt in the pool, which I thought was really funny. Hey, uh, man, if he wants to swim like me, let him <laughs> swim like me. <laughs> But uh, then then you fast forward after the kid drowns, and Zeke shows Clarice that, hey, uh, come to the men's locker room with, with me. Which, again, she's very trusting. She's, she's yeah. very trusting of, of this teen boy. And he shows her that somehow he's like, I'm measuring the school for the volume like a nerd would. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah, finds, I, like, go I'm ahead. I'm in my drafting class, and we were <laughs> building the school again or whatever. And he finds a, a secret door behind the lockers that just says pool. Mm-hmm. And he goes in there. I love the idea that you can't see this pool from the outside of the school. Yeah, yeah, it's a pool-sized room. How big's <laughs> the pool? I don't know. Big? <laughs> and nobody's like, hey, why did we have to take the long way around to get over here? What's going on over here? It's like no, like I can't believe. I wonder if anybody knows about this. I'm pretty sure somebody should know, like a building inspector or like the principal probably knows that there is a pool attached to this school. And and rather than drive an hour to swim practice, this uh, Clarice essentially bullies all everybody to open the pool back up, and it's ready in like a couple weeks. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, and it's a nice pool. It's regulation. Everybody's having a good time. But then the weird things start happening again. You start smelling that dookie smell. Like rotten eggs. Rotten eggs. And Zeke says that he's going to help tutor Clarice in uh, chemistry if she mm-hmm. helps him learn to swim. Because he had a bad experience growing up where he almost drowned because his feet got caught in some seaweed. He was going to drown, but his brother saved him. And now he thinks that the water is out to get him, which is a very relatable premise. Like, as far as, like, real horrors go, drowning is a fear of everybody. Nobody's, like, looking forward to drowning. No, and it, like, it, it doesn't take a lot for people to drown. Like, all you need is just enough water. Yeah. Oh, God, when you put it that way. Well, yeah, that's why they say don't leave the baby in the tub. You know? <laughs> oh, don't leave the baby in the tub. Good thinking. Like where your head's at. That's about rule number eight. There's some other rules, but it's also important. Uh, here's a fun thing. And maybe somebody listening might have kids. I did see this on TikTok. Uh, don't buy your kids blue bathing suits. 
you want to buy them a different color bathing suit that does not match the color of the water because a mm-hmm. lifeguard will see them like blend in and think they're okay. And that's even if the lifeguard's not necking with his girlfriend. Yeah, if that's a, and that's yeah, if the lifeguard's paying attention, like if the lifeguard's necking and getting that sweet ass, like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your kid's wearing, it's gonna drown. Yeah. Re- but really, you should just be cool and wait till he's done. <laughs> Oh, even the parents of that of that drowned kid were like, "Man, we 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 miss our child, but what a fucking dick to not let him finish." <laughs> <laughs> we we, to- <laughs> we raised him better than to not blue ball the lifeguard. <laughs> My man is trying to nut and cannonball over here. <laughs> And you're blocking him. Oh my god. Nut and cannonball just sounds like the most <laughs> <laughs> the most aggressive way to describe somebody having sex during the Revolutionary War. <laughs> my man's trying to nut and sharks and minnows over here. <laughs> oh Marco not Marco Polo. Polo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fish out of water, am I right? Am I right? Marco. Uh, <laughs> 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 Oh gee, we're, we're I gotta disgusting. wait thirty minutes before I can go in. <laughs> you can't none just go in the pool. You gotta cramp up your dick. Ah, uh, I'm cramping. <laughs> My dick, it's all cramped. What happened? Well, I, I was trying to nut and cannonball, and I didn't wait a half hour. <laughs> oh, that's that. That's how my cousin Jimmy died. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous. That's too dangerous. <laughs> But yeah, so don't public service. Like, don't put your kids in blue swimsuits. They they yeah. might drown. That was a long way to get to that. that was a long way to get there, and much more vulgar than <laughs> I had intended. But we got there, and I feel like we saved some lives today. Good, good on us. But this ramps up pretty quick because they're trying to. They're in a. I I, th- I always thought it'd be cool to like be in a, a raft in the pool. I just yeah. think that would be cool. It's pretty romantic for them. Um, you can show necking, but I guess I don't know if they just put him in a shirt just to make him like not half naked for the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was probably to protect him from the sun. That's what I say. They say, "Hey, there's no sun in here," and I say, "I'm just gonna wear the swim shirt just because." <laughs> but uh, th- then they they start to smell the. Well, first he gets pulled in the pool by her friend, who's she's being busting a- balls. Yeah, she- she's over here not being cool either. Nobody's cool. Nobody's no. being cool in this show. And this ramps up pretty quick because it's like only really like kind of two attacks from this creature. Yeah. It's like that's how they fit a lot into this show. Mm-hmm. And there's no real like middle story. It's like the beginning and then it ramps up in yeah, these episodes. But, but the way this is shot, it's shot very much like Jaws mm-hmm. where you've got the underwater shots. You've got the raft from below. You kind of have that dread of like what's going to happen. Uh, you have a, a a perfectly fine fit teen wearing a big oversized white shirt, like he's saying at, at his boyfriend's house for the first time. Mm-hmm. Which I'm just going to say, if they were trying to make him less sexualized or whatever, when he dips in that pool and that wet T-shirt comes out, opposite effect achieved. Am I right, fellas? Am I right? I don't know what you're talking about, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Am I right over here? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You're not right. <laughs> We're gonna 
cut. That'll be left in definitely and probably evidence in a trial later on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we'll keep the Gilbert Godfrey part in too. <laughs> Was that Gilbert Godfrey testifying against him? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um, but you have the you have the underwater shots. Uh, you have him being dragged down. It's like there's something under there. She's like there's nothing under there. And then the the creature tries to drown the girl as well. But then Mister I'm gonna Mister uh, Mister Brooks Mister uh. Brooks the janitor turns out he's actually the 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 one who was not watching them when they were making love. He was getting uh-huh. his uh, willy wet back then in, in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> yeah, in the in the nineteen fifties and. He's clearly traumatized by this event. He let his girlfriend's little brother drown mm-hmm. while he was trying to get some. But then also, why does he fucking work at the school? Can, just to be a guy that went to that school and then somehow ended up working back at that school, not a teacher. And I'm not talking shit about janitors, but I'm like, is that the life you want is like to go to this school and then with the education that they gave me, I'm now cleaning this school. <laughs> And I'm all, and I'm cleaning the school where um, the worst thing that's ever happened to me happened. Like you could be mm-hmm. a janitor at any other school. Why the one where a boy drowned? That was kind of your fault. I think he's just there. He's now he's like the guardian. He knows this is <laughs> going to come back eventually. Yeah, but it took thirty years. It took like thirty, forty years. So that's a lot of sawdusting vomit before you get your hero moment. Yeah, and like. For me, like a nighttime janitor seems like a dream job. If comedy goes bad, <laughs> I'll clean up a school after everybody leaves. Nobody's talking to me. I can listen to my stories. I'll run that little sweeper thing that they got to polish the floors. <laughs> that sounds great because nobody's talking to me. But he's working like during the school hours. Like he's. I don't want to interact with anybody. <laughs> he's cleaning up volcano bullshit, he's cleaning mm. up the vomit. People be pooping all over the floors. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of savages in this school. You know they are. But he does eventually have his hero moment. But he still has to work at the school. Like, his, his entire purpose has been fulfilled. Mm-hmm. He's like, I saved the kids. I did it. I have I have now slayed my trauma. But I still got, like, 30 years of retirement. I, I like that maybe at the end of this episode, he's like, and now my work is done. <laughs> and then they turn back to him and his like janitor coveralls are on the ground. <laughs> Did he join the force? He became a force ghost. But then they see him like a naked ass cheek run around a locker. <laughs> it's like the scene in signs when they get a glimpse of the alien. Like, yeah, was just that briefly? <laughs> was that Mr. Brooks right ass cheek? Was that? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> it was. Oh, uh, I hope he finds peace. <laughs> um, um but yeah, the, and then they some whatever chemical they throw on this thing to to make it uh, visible, and like this thing is scary. It is very scary. Like I was, uh, Stephanie is a big swimmer. Like she loves swimming more than anything, and she's like, "Are you trying to make me never swim again? Because this uh, is gonna work. This is gonna do it." But you have just a brown looking goo monster. He's got a skull. He's got like the seaweed. He looks like a, like we said, he looks like a a, a decaying pirate. Um, like we said, I guess the school was buried on a cemetery. They didn't move the bodies. So you just had this one body that wasn't moved who wanted to mess things up for everybody. And he turns into like goo and like can goo everywhere. 
and he he's, he, he, he he's kills like kids. The Terminator a little bit, where he can mm-hmm. like lick. He's like uh, Jack Frost in the shitty horror movie where. Jack Frost can liquefy and then go through things. Yeah, or Alex Mack, another Nickelodeon show. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Alex Mack, but I didn't know if anybody would get the reference. <laughs> oh, I fucking know all my my, my mid-90s <laughs> Nickelodeon shows. Um, he looks like the kind of the tar man from uh, yeah. Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, which explains why Trash was also in the corner of the school just naked the entire time. <laughs> Do you want to party? <laughs> and the, Zeke's like, why do I have to wear a shirt? This seems unfair. <laughs> She's just butt naked. <laughs> Y7, baby. <laughs> um, but then they, yeah, I don't I don't know the science behind it, but, but they make him visible, and they're able to, like, pour more chemicals on him. Mm-hmm. And just, I like the way they were very safe, because he's like, Oh, he's made of moisture. If we pour this on him, it'll it'll dry him out. And she's about to touch it, and he's like, he just smacks out of her hands, like, "No, your hands are wet. You'll burn yourself. Mm-hmm. This isn't Fight Club." Like, uh-huh. uh, yeah, you know. And then she she's got to dive down in there. But then they also they run in the locker room. The janitor's like in shock, and then they leave the janitor, and he doesn't. Oh get yeah. Got. Cause yeah, cause the janitor's like about to die. He's he's just of shock. He's he's, he's had a mild heart attack. It looks like. Yeah, I you'd think this the creature would want to take the janitor because he's right there. <laughs> but the, even the creature feels bad for the janitor. Like, oh man, I really, I really, ah, damn. I, I, really I really fucked your life up, didn't First I? First, you you gotta you can't even nut and run. And then you... <laughs> you can't even run. Yet yeah. alone start thinking even think about nothing right now. And it's also we should mention that the creature got the the little kid in back in the nineteen fifties or whatever it was. Yeah, like he's the responsible. He's responsible for this. Yeah, how, like how many? Would it take just one kid to die? Like, how bad is this creature at killing people? <laughs> sure, there are other kids swimming in this pool. He's like, I gotta find. Well, he's had to wait, wait for somebody who was equally distracted. Like, are they? Are those teens heavy petting? Are they? Uh, Goddamn pool noodles and kickboards in here. <laughs> <laughs> he's just mad about all the trash in the pool. I saw a kid take a piss in here. Yeah. Water uh, basketball. (laughs) Polo, the Marco variety, and the water (laughs) version. Uh, But yeah, so they throw the chemical on it, and then we get the big reveal. And this thing is spooky. It can travel through drains. And uh, But then how did they kill this creature, Gabby? They just, like, put more chemicals on it. More stuff. <laughs> and they're like, well, we can see it now. Let's pour more chemicals. And like I said, he knocks the thing in the water because she, she's about to burn her hands. And then I love the scene of her running over and like putting on dish gloves and just like, well, safety first. I can appreciate that. But it's just, uh, it really takes the tension out of the moment when you're watching a, a teenage girl put on gloves to handle the chemicals properly. Yeah. At, at a certain point, it's it's a big supernatural creature. You could burn your hands a little bit. I know? wasn't, and even I, I'm glad they put it in the script because it's very funny. But if they had not put it in the script, I would have been like, um, her hands would burn. Clearly, um, <laughs> did these writers yeah. not even know science? What are they doing? Are they are they are they even trying anymore? Yeah, I'm this this. Uh, I could go with the skull creature from the graveyard a long time ago, but. This chemical thing really took me out of it. It really took me out of it, and I'm I'm really upset. I feel like I'm worse for it. <laughs> this was kind of a uh, it follows. 
It is. I think it had a better ending than It Follows, but that's just nope, me. you're dumb. Shut <laughs> up. Uh, when, when the janitor hangs Dong on the roof of the school. <laughs> yeah, my man. <laughs> <laughs> my, my man, am I right? Uh, but... <laughs> I mean, some some people say it's better, uh, yeah. but but that's just that's me. about it, right? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, they they kill the creature, and then um, you see the Zeke and whatever her name is, Clarice. Uh, I keep wanting to say Chlorine, which just seems too on the nose. Hello, Chlorine. <laughs> um, you see him hanging out in a float, and he's like doing his homework, and he's like, "You want to go for a swim?" And she's like, "Yeah." And she hops out and swims. And uh, he stays in the boat because he's a smart guy. Yep. yep. And that's it. That's uh, They're kind of a couple now. Yeah, I the think so. The guy gets the girl. The girl gets the guy. And now there's no uh, creature killing people in the pool either. Yeah, and everybody seems fine with it. There was never once really, other than the beginning, a teacher who had any problems with anything happening in the school. The The janitor is the adult who gets yeah. to watch everything. And, and we're better for it. We are. That's it. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Less adults. And if you were wondering, and I know many of you were, well, does Stig, the kid that we all hate, did he get in the Midnight Society? And they're like, well, we got to go vote. I did not know this was so diplomatic and political yeah. to get into this campfire group. And, and it turns out... He can't. He's not in. It has to be unanimous. But they're going to give him some more chances to come in. They're like... He just hit you with the best story he has. Like anything yeah. after that, he's like, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know, guys." He's here's on a, probation. Yeah, here, here's a, here's a story about like I don't know, like a creepy hook man or something. I don't know. I I really thought I was in with the with the with the child drowning tale I just told y'all, but I guess here's a here here's a spooky spider story. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll get in, and I I should have watched past this one to see because it's like. The, the version I have is not like seasons. It's like volume one, volume two, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to so. see, though. I'm going to, I need to know now. I'm going to look up on IMDb and see if he ever did another episode or if that was like the only one he did. You're out, kid. You're out. No. <clears throat> okay. He did do 13 episodes, so he does eventually get in. Good for him. Hey man, I'm really proud of you. I know. I was really worried after that first one, but you know, mm -hmm. good good for him. Uh but I th I think that's the episode for uh Are You Afraid of the Dark? Would you say that, Gavin? I think so. These were really fun. I would love to come back and revisit this at some point, this series. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more. Um the Pinball Wizard ones one I always like. There's a lot of mm -hmm. stuff with clowns with Are yep. You Afraid of the Dark, but I think this was <laughs> a really fun thing to watch. And we actually decided to do these because we're like, we well, uh, I'm going out of town after we record this. And I was like, you know what? We need a little shorter episode, uh, which is why we're still doing like an hour and a half talking yeah. about these. Yeah, you know. You know how it goes. You know, 44 minutes of total television. We're going to talk far, far more than we should. But. <laughs> we, but this episode had everything. It had kids drowning. It had a Gilbert <laughs> Gottfried impression. <laughs> it had Nut and Cannonball, the invention yep. of Nut and Cannon. This had a lot. Yeah. So- you all are better people for coming on this journey with us. Uh, but let's go ahead and hit with our oh shit moments and our favorite kills. <laughs> uh, oh shit moment would be when we saw the creature come out of the water. Yes, my oh shit <laughs> moment would also be the creature from the water as well. And our favorite kill, I guess, have to, has to be a child being drowned. That's uh, pretty much if that is in any movie, that's my favorite kill is when a kid, <laughs> a kid dies. 
especially when when the when the teenagers are making love. <laughs> but I think that's it, right? That is it for sure. Um, if you like Are You Afraid of the Dark, well, what would you recommend? Goosebumps, Erie, Indiana. I would say check out the Goosebumps movies. Yeah, those are uh, fun. With Jack Black. A- any other stuff that you would say check out? Uh, Twilight Zone, of course. Yep. Twilight Zone, Outer Limit, any of those. And if you want to really up the ante, got to hit that Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. And make sure you show your children Black Mirror. <laughs> really get them hooked on that President one where he has to bang the pig. Yep. Just really, really be like, oh, did you like the Dead Man's Float? Well, we're going to watch mm-hmm. the Prime Minister Porka Porky. You mean Melania? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. You guys hear about this? This this Melania? (laughs) You see this? You heard about this, folks? (laughs) I thought he was talking about Betty Ford. (laughs) I heard about that Nancy Reagan, the throat goat. You hear about her? You hear hear about her? (laughs) But uh, uh, yeah, that that's this episode, and I I, w- I will close out by saying, uh, what do we watch next? I don't know. We didn't even talk about it. We didn't talk about it. Uh, off the top of our head, what do, what do we have left? There's Candyman. There's Return of the Living Dead. Uh, let's do. You want to do Candyman? Sure. Let's do the Candyman. We said it three times. That's enough. Oh shit! You, you heard it, dear listener. Oh no, he's coming! He's coming! Uh, this this session of the Midnight Society is closed because they're coming to get you. Barbara. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. 